0: This morning's reading is Psalm 95 come let us sing for joy to the Lord let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song for the Lord is the great God the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me, they tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Kerry. It's both a wonderful psalm and a salutary psalm. Those of you who grew up in traditional Anglican churches, you might remember saying the venite, that was, oh, come, let us sing before the Lord. Uh, Most weeks, as it came before the other Bible readings, saying, if you hear the Lord, don't harden your heart. So I'm going to pray now that we will hear God speak to us as we think about these things, as we look at his word, and that we won't harden our hearts, but we'll bring them soft before the Lord, our creator, who loves us and wants relationship with us. Let's pray. Lord God, our Father, your creation is so awesome. And we thank you that today we have a chance just to praise you for it, as well as praying for it. We praise you that you, the creator God, want relationship with us ever deeper. I praise you that you're a God who speaks and a God who longs for us to listen and frustrated when we turn away. So we open our hearts to you this morning. Come and speak to us through your word, through what I say, through thoughts you put in our mind as we listen. But may we hear your word to us today and give us grace to follow where you lead. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Andy said, we're starting five weeks, the month of October, five Sundays in October, we're looking at the Psalms, so we're going to have different Psalms. Uh, most Sundays we'll have different Psalms, morning and evening, though so today it's me preaching and it's the same morning and evening, well it's the same vicar and the same notes, sometimes it comes out slightly differently, uh, but that's, that's where we're going. I love the Psalms, every morning as I start my quiet prayer time, I read a Psalm or two or a part of a Psalm, done this for many years Uh, and I look to find a bit of the psalm where it says I or me that I can make my own genuine prayer Uh, and it's not difficult because the psalms are full of every human emotion there's joy and frustration there's anger and raging there's God I'm fed up and there's God I love you it's all there Um, amazingly it's all jumbled up Uh, The psalms are not like the first 30 are all about praise and the second 30 are all about confession and the next 30 are all about lament. It would be much easier for us to find what we wanted. (laughs) if They're just all jumbled up. So Psalm 22 is, God, you've forsaken me, where have you gone? And Psalm 23 is, the Lord is my shepherd. It's just all there, jumbled up. So I quite often used to read two psalms um, uh, each day because usually there was something in there I could absolutely say, that is my prayer. Uh, And whether you're wanting to complain to the Lord or whether you're full of love for him or for most of us it's probably a bit of both, the Psalms give voice to that. Uh, All of life is there, the highs and the lows, thanksgiving and repentance, pleading and lament. Uh, And so they've been the hymn book of ancient Israel, the hymn book of the church for many years. There's no pretense with the Psalms. The Psalmist doesn't say, God, I think everything's wonderful, when it's not. Is very real. I said a couple of weeks ago, I'd read somewhere, I think it may have been at midweek service, that if we can't complain to God, we probably can't trust him either. If we're saying, God, everything's wonderful, when it's not, we're probably not really trusting him. But when we can complain to him, then we can also say, but I choose to trust you. Uh, And the Psalms are full of everything that's real. It's a bit like when you've got young children. Uh, They don't pretend, they just tell you how they're feeling. Uh, Here's an old story I haven't told for many years, an old friend to some, but a new one to others. It was of the family who had uh, another family round for dinner. Uh, And the mum said to her probably five or six year old, Would you like to give thanks? Why don't you say grace today? And the child said, Well, I don't know what to say. And the mum said, Well, why don't you just say what daddy said at breakfast? So she says, oh God, those awful people are coming to dinner today. (laughs) Amen. Now the Psalms are a bit like that. It's just you read some of them, you think, goodness, how did that get in there? But it is just people as we really are coming to the Lord as he really is. Um, So it's all jumbled up. Um, Today I'm focusing on praising God and within that a bit of a focus on creation for Creation Sunday. Uh, we've had prayers. Thank you, Jason, so much for leading prayer. Thank you, God, for our food and praying for the issues of climate change. Uh, today, we're just going to focus on, in the Psalms, the lifting our eyes to God, the Creator, who loves us. Um, the Psalms are, another wonderful thing about the Psalms is that they're translatable into any language. Most poetry is based on rhyme or metre. But Hebrew poetry is based on something entirely different. It's based on parallelism. So you get the same thought said twice in slightly different ways in most of the verses. So let me read to you again from Psalm 95. Thank you, Kerry, for reading for us earlier. Uh, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Says it again. Let's shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. It's the same thought repeated. The Lord God is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the mountain peaks belong to him. It's kind of the same thought, repeated. The sea is his, he made it, his hands formed dry land. And it goes on, just repeating it. Uh, From time to time, the psalm poetry will do the opposite to make the point. So, for example, in the next psalm, Psalm 96, verse 5, all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Sometimes it's a sort of contrast between one thing and the next. But the huge advantage of this, uh, presumably why the Lord did it in Hebrew, is that it translates to every language. It's not based on the rhyme or the meter. It's based on the thought that repeats itself or or comes. So it works in every language. Uh, So Psalms of praise. And there are many, many of them. Praise the Lord is literally hallelujah. Yahweh for Yahweh, the name of God. So praise the Lord, hallelujah. And before we get into God as creator, I I want to ask this question and answer it using C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis asked this question, why is God so keen for us to praise him? If I stood here today and say, I'm very fond of you, St. Paul's Church, but really you ought to praise me, your vicar, a bit more, I can hear your reaction already in a very sort of muted, What is his problem? What is he on? That's not very healthy. That's not what healthy humanity is about. So C.S. Lewis said, "Why, if if someone wants some people to praise them, that's really unhealthy. That's that's proud. And what wh- what is God's problem, if I can put it reverently, that He wants us to praise Him all the time? Quite a good question. Um, I'm going to read to you a bit of what he wrote." Um, I love C.S. Lewis, and he's still so contemporary today. If you, um, some of the illustrations obviously are dated, but he's addressing stuff that we that we face. This is a lovely little book, Reflections on the Psalms, and there's uh, a comment on praising God. It's uh, the essay is called A Word About Praising, and it starts off by saying, "Forgive me, I've got a bit of a problem. Most of you won't have this problem, and uh, just humour me for a moment." And his problem is, what is why does God need us to praise him? And he starts off by saying, well, I guess I've noticed that when everything, anything is good or admirable, we tend to say, isn't that good? Isn't that admirable? So listen to how he puts it. He puts it better. The most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything else, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment, approval, giving honour. But I've never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise, unless shyness or the fear of boring others is brought in to check it. The world rings with praise, lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of the weather or wines or dishes or actors or cars or horses or colleges or countries, historical people, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, not so often these days, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians or scholars, not so much this week. Uh, I had not noticed how the humblest and at the most, high, most balanced minds praised the most while the cranks, the misfits, and malcontents praised the least. The good critic found something to praise in many imperfect works. The bad critics continually narrowed the list of books we might be allowed to read. The healthy and unaffected person, even if luxuriously brought up and widely experienced in good cookery, could praise a very modest meal. The snob found fault with everything. Except where intolerably adverse circumstances intervene, Praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. So he's working his way to the answer, why does God want us to praise him? By saying, actually, when there's anything good, we tend to say, isn't that good? And it's very healthy when people give thanks and appreciation. Uh, Then he goes on to say, uh, I've not noticed either that just as people spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't that glorious? Don't you think that's magnificent? And the psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what everyone does when they speak of what they care about. So there's something about enjoying something and saying, isn't that good, and pointing others to it, that helps us enjoy it even more. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy, because the praise not merely expresses the enjoyment, but completes it. It's its appointed consummation. It's as we say, isn't that glorious, that we enjoy it even more. So the point he's making is not that God needs us to praise him. God is utterly whole and joyful and perfect. He doesn't need us to do it. He invites us to enjoy him. And as we praise him, we enjoy him more. And he enjoys the fact we're enjoying him. That's good and healthy. That's relationship. So it's very different from me standing here saying praise me, which I'm not, um, but it's God saying he wants us to enjoy him. The old Westminster Catechism said the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Really, those two are the same thing. As we glorify God, so we enjoy him more. Um, Another old story I haven't told for a long time, uh, but humor me today. We've got the children get collected, at ten to, and we're in good time, so... Of an old Scottish minister who loved playing golf. That's a great pastime. But he was a strict old Sabbatarian, and however much you enjoyed golf or sport, you shouldn't do it on the Lord's Day. And he was on holiday somewhere else in Scotland on a lodge overlooking a golf course. And on the Sunday, he wasn't the Lord's Day, he was on holiday. He was off work, and it was a glorious morning. And he thought, well, I'll just go and play some golf. No one's watching. I'll go and enjoy it. So you can tell this silly story for the next bit. The angels in heaven see him and say to the Lord, punish him, hypocrite. He tells others they shouldn't do it, and he's doing it. The Lord says, watch. So he, he goes around his golf. He gets to a short par four, one that if he hit the drive perfectly, he could just reach in one. And he nails his drive. Just not quite going for the hole. Hits a little bump. Trickles onto the green and just goes into the hole, a hole in one. And the angels say, Lord, we said punish him, not help him. And the Lord says, Ah, but who can he tell? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a lovely story. But the point is, in telling others, you you'll laugh because you get it. We enjoy the thing more. And if we can't tell someone, actually, we don't enjoy it so much. And the whole point about praising God and praising him together is that we enjoy him more and it encourages others to enjoy him more and it helps us enjoy him more. Indeed, Augustine said uh, some time ago, I believe that our minds can be more on fire when we sing the words. I'm not sure why or how. There's something about singing God's praise. That our minds, our hearts, become more on fire with love for him. Uh, Psalm 96, 1 and 2. Sing to the Lord a new song. We pretty much did that today, it's a week old, but sing to the Lord, and there was a joy in it. Thank you, Rob, brilliant rapping, we enjoyed that as well. Sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, praise his name. Uh, So we're encouraged to do that, and it seems to do us good. And actually, as we sing God's praise, so it writes the truth deeper on our hearts. You will probably find yourself later on today, in a quiet moment, with the words let the little children come to me <laughs> coming Jesus, coming coming back as we sing it it sort of writes it into our being so the whole point about praising God is that God is the most wonderful uh, being, person there is full of joy and the more we delight in him the more we praise him the more we experience his joy his peace, his love, his glory so God is inviting us to enjoy him and to praise him that's what it's all about So how do we praise God? What do we praise him for? When you go through the Psalms, you'll find we praise God for who he is, we praise God for what he's done, and we praise God for what he's going to do. Uh, So who he is, I'll go a little quicker over this and we'll pause on the what he's done when we get to creation, to to just sort of, that's our focus today. So who he is is, for example, Psalm 89, verse 1, God is loving and faithful. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. If you look through the Psalms, you'll see those two coming together again and again and again and again. When I'm here taking a wedding, uh, I pray a prayer over the rings that the couple give to each other. And I pray there be a symbol of love and faithfulness right at the hearts, of a covenant human relationship is these aspects of God's character. He is utterly loving and faithful, and the Psalms ring with joy about that. It was great. Um, a week yesterday when we had the Living Out Day, just celebrating God's relationship with his people, whether you're single or married, old or young, we can all be part of this and know God's love and faithfulness. Uh, another pairing you get about who God is is he's righteous and just Same Psalm, 89, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And in case we would missed it, love and faithfulness go before you. Now, lots of the Psalms will go to God with a perceived lack of justice in this world. But God himself is utterly just. And we'll think more about that when we think about Psalms of lament for when things have gone wrong. Uh, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Another pairing. For example, Psalm 103, verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. This picks up on how the Lord revealed himself to Moses in Exodus 34, probably the most quoted verse in the Old Testament uh, of his character. And he's glorious in his majesty. So partly we praise God for who he is. If you don't know how to praise God, read the Psalms or just pick out on those. We worship him for all of those. And then, for what he's done, and supremely today we're thinking of his creation. Uh, God has made this amazing world, my favorite throwaway line in literature from Genesis one, He made the stars also, and we sang that in that song, indescribable, and we see something of God's majesty and glory when we look at creation in the in the most glorious bits, whether it's whatever it is a sunset or the starry night or whatever it is that you just go something of wonder strikes you. It's a window into the God who made it. And just help us dwell on that, uh, I've got a three-minute video that just puts everything in perspective on creation. It looks at the scale of the universe. It looks at the detail of how God's made us. So let's just watch this together. There are some slower versions of that online. It's called, if you Google Cosmic Eye, you'll find a number of versions of that. But just the glory of God's creation, the hugeness of it and the detail. I remember when I was at school, there was a bit of a debate between scientists as to whether the world had always been there, between those who aren't Christians, of course, or whether there was a big bang that had started off. Now scientists are very clear there was a start, a big bang. And I remember on telly a few years ago, hearing an interview with Simon, he said, we don't quite know how it started, but we know that there was an almighty explosion of light and I didn't fell off the sofa. I would have done if it hadn't been a proper sofa. Just thinking, like the Genesis starts, let there be light. <laughs> God's made this. Uh, and yet he cares for us. So a few psalms, just to sort of speak into this, not all of them, just little appetite wetters. Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And yet God does. Well, the psalm we had today, I'm going to read again from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the King above all gods, In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Or Psalm 19, another glorious psalm. Let's read from that, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of its chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Glorious poetry celebrating the huge scale of the universe wonderful intervention just about there was that Abigail back then perfect intervention what about me I've been made beautifully she's saying uh, we just celebrated baptism of a little child today God makes people it, there is just such wonder you could go to Psalm 139 for the wonder of creation uh, we praise God for who he is and for what he's done in making us and then we praise him for what he's done in saving us we all know the world's gone wrong Uh, The Psalms, of course, look back to when Israel was rescued from slavery in Egypt. God's salvation, that's what they're talking about primarily. For example, Psalm 96, verse 2. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Or Psalm 66, verses 5 to 6. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. That's celebrating the Exodus. Now, of course, we have far more to celebrate. We know that the Exodus was kind of a prototype for what would happen when Jesus rescued us from slavery to sin. We celebrated that in baptism earlier, that we are set free from sin and everything that separates us from God. We're forgiven, we're adopted into his family. We praise God for Jesus and his rescue. So we praise God for who he is we praise him for what he's done creation and salvation we praise him for what he will do the Psalms are very real that the world is broken but a day is coming when the Lord will come again to sort out what is wrong the Jews of old expected that to happen in one day we know with Jesus it's a two-stage fulfillment Jesus came and the kingdom of God broke in with him and when he comes back then that will be the end of the world as we know it. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. God will restore all things. Love that phrase, "at the restoration of all things. For example, Psalm 96, verse 13. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. There will be a day when the Lord sorts everything out. And often we long for that day. It's one of the the great prayers. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. If there is a judgment day, and it's as sure as the resurrection, that is good news. If there isn't, then there's no hope, really, for what's going to happen. If there is a judgment day, of course, we will all be held to account. And we know that we don't deserve, we're not good enough for God, but we are forgiven, all of us, whoever you are. Uh, Whatever you've done, there is forgiveness through Jesus and our hope is in him. And we will be with him in the glorious new heavens, the new earth that will be made. Hard to get our minds around that. I love C.S. Lewis again, the the way he just describes it in Narnia at the last battle. Beautiful, just ways. uh, Pictures of windows into how wonderful it will be. Uh, But I'm going to leave it for there. We're going to pray for a minute or two. We'll let the band come back ready to lead us in our last song. We're still in good time, which is great. Uh, you don't have to rush off to collect the children. That's not for another 10 minutes. We can sing, we can pray. If you'd like someone to pray with you, there's prayer ministry. Uh, so would you stand, and I'll lead in prayer, and then we'll sing together. We'll just stand and be still for a moment. We we're reminded as we prayed that the Lord says to us, be still and know that I am God. So as we stand... Heavenly Father, pour your Holy Spirit and help us to know your love, your creator care for us. Come Holy Spirit, let's just be still. Some of us want to say sorry to the Lord, that we just take your creation for granted and we don't wonder and worship enough. Open up our eyes to see the wonder of this world we live in and that points us to your glory and your majesty. Others may want to say, sorry Lord, that we haven't really paid our part in caring for the world. Help us to steward the resources you give us well. And we praise you that we are made in your image to be creative people. Some of you will know the gifts God's given you to be used in his service. Others won't, maybe something you want to pray about. We pray, Lord, that you would reveal to each person something that you would have them be doing with the gifts you've given to us, creative gifts, among others. But most of all, we praise you for this amazing world we are part of in this extraordinary universe. The more we learn about it, the more amazing it is the more mind-blowing your care for us, little us, on this little planet that you know and love and that Jesus came so we could be with you for all eternity. And as we sing our last song to you, continue to pour your spirit and fill us with wonder and worship. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.